Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And for our 250th episode, we get to do something we've done for the last two basketball seasons, which is <laughs> panic about being on the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, feeling like an annual tradition, I guess. And after this year's been, you know, roller coaster ride, but it's ended up kind of back in the same place we were in the last two years after feeling like we had no shot through the first, you know, two months to feeling really good about a week and a half ago to now kind of right being in the middle. So after winning seven straight, ASU has dropped three straight. They are 10 and seven, 19 and 11 overall. They are in a four way tie for third of which I believe yeah. we actually lose every tiebreaker. Do we? I, I haven't heard. It's so complicated. To, I mean, obviously we'd lose it to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Because we lost the one the one conference game to them, I don't think the out of conference game matters in the tiebreaker scenario. But but still, we 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 lost the one conference meeting. We split with Arizona and USC, mm-hmm. and I know those are the other teams. Now, if USC loses today to UCLA, which UCLA the the all of a sudden first place UCLA Bruins, um, you know that that would drop them out, and and hopefully. And, and we're going to, you know, obviously discuss this. We got to get this win today. We, we need this one. Um, this this would be a really bad one to not have. So if we get this one today and we get, uh, you know, UCLA wins and then, you know, maybe Colorado loses to Utah. I don't know how realistic that is. Or Washington beats Arizona. I suppose that's a possibility. Um, we still have a chance to get that first day by, which would be huge if we could. Yeah. Uh the win is critical for a couple reasons. One, I think that we need to get over the 20-win threshold. I think there is something to that for yeah. the tournament selection committee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. And more than anything else, you just, you know, you don't want to go in to the conference tournament losing four in a row and having those last two be at home to two of the worst teams in the conference. And it's... You know, of course, it's interesting. Washington, by the standings, is the worst team in the conference, and yet the you know the numbers outside of just the pure wins losses say that Washington's the better team, and that's not as bad of a loss. Uh, Washington State feels like it would be a worse loss to have. You know, if you're going to lose one, I guess Washington's the better one, and we already lost that one, so hopefully we could just lose the one. Yeah. Um, what do you make of? What's happened here? I, you know, a lot was made in the Washington game of Remy Martin's ice yeah. cold shooting, and un- unfortunately, sure. it's one of those things where that happens. It does. You know, it does. The, you know, I mean, in, in a way, what what's happened is 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 that things haven't really changed that much from the win streak. Um, I mean, we talked about it the last time we talked with the win streak was at seven. How many of those wins were close? Six of the seven were were less than six points or something like that. I mean, they, you know, the, the only one that was really comfortable was UCLA here. And, and, you know, it's been kind of similar the last three games. We haven't been blown out. We, we lost on a, you know, a three with one second to go at UCLA in what was a tie game. Um, we were within, you know, a, a few points at USC late in the game. And, and this game, you know, on Thursday night was a toss up until the last couple minutes. So, you know, it's not that different. We're just not making the plays that we were making during that win streak. We're not making the shots. We're not getting the stops. That was the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. I, you know, we we led the Washington game 
Yeah. At halftime, we at one point had a 12-point lead. 12-point lead in the second half. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's discouraging is that, you know, the halftime I think we were up by four. Yeah. And the first part of the second half, we come out, blitz them, and, and it's like, okay, you know, you think, all right, we, we got this game, you know, we're in good shape, play well, finish it off. And and then, you know, from there we gave up what? Now, some of that's misleading because of all the fouls, but we gave up 41 points in the last – 15 minutes or something like that. I mean, that, you know, tough to, tough to win when you're not getting any stops and we didn't get the big stops that we needed. And, and certainly the shot making wasn't there. You mentioned Remy Martin and, and accurately, I mean, just, just way too many missed shots, uh, you know, and when, when you boil the game down to its simplest form, it's, you know, who puts the ball in the basket more and we didn't do a good enough job of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really, unfortunate that it came down to this and look Remy Martin has won a lot more games than he's lost and and I think Doug Haller's comments and his tweets are accurate that you know he believes he he can shoot himself out of it and yeah and that's true I I, I mean Remy Martin feels a little bit like a you know to to cross sports like a, a quarterback who's you know he gives and he takes uh I mean he's not as good as this guy that I'm going to mention, but it's, it's a bit of a Brett Favre, you know, I mean, and you know it better than I do that, you know, yeah, Brett Favre won a lot of games. He also threw away some games mm-hmm. with his streakiness and his risk taking and his feeling that, you know, he was not a, an Alex Smith, a guy who you felt like, all right, I know what I'm going to get every night. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what Remy Martin is. He's a, you know, high risk, high reward type of player. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more good. He puts more on the table than he takes off, but there are games like this. And the unfortunate yeah. part when you have a game like this Washington game from him is, well, one, he, he kept shooting when he was struggling. Yeah. But you got the Rob Edwards game that you needed right. in, in this sort of situation with 23 points. But where was the rest of, you know, the starters? Yeah. Where was yeah. the... You know, setting aside the the four missed free throws, which you know seventy seven percent is fine. It, it is what mm-hmm. it is. But mm-hmm. you know, you you just you need somebody else to step up, or yeah. you, and it maybe it's on Hurley. And I know Martin only had the one turnover the whole game, but maybe you just tell him, hey, look, we're we're putting in Jalen House. He he yeah. he knows yeah. his role. You know. He, he's going to yeah, get a couple shots yeah. up, but we're just going to, you know, because two of 14 and one of 10 from three just buries Doesn't work. you. It does. Uh, I mean, and, and yet I I sort of feel like you, you know, you have to ride with that. And you, you, you know, it's one of those things like what are your other options? I mean, yeah, you're right, Jalen. But, but Jalen House is not much of an offensive weapon at this point in his career. He's good for, you know, some defensive spark. Um and and maybe will eventually become that, but it just feels like you know that's what this team is. Again, the team had a, a slim margin for error in the win streak when we won. You know, nine out of ten, we weren't winning games in blowout fashion. We weren't you know dominating teams. Um, we were winning some excruciatingly tough games. You know, Howard had the numbers about like how many times, how much stretch of those games we had the lead and and accurate numbers. But a lot of times that lead was you know between two and five points. We weren't blowing teams out. Um, and 
you know, when, when a few shots stop falling and a few, you know, stops stop happening, uh, that's the difference. And that's unfortunately been the difference. And, you know, you just we just got to get on the right side of the ledger here today and, and hopefully next week in Vegas. Yeah. But I think we, we are what we are at this point in time. You know, I mean, we're 30 games in. Um, uh, you know, we Remy Martin's going to have to take a lot of shots, and Alonzo Verbs is going to have to take a lot of shots. And, and if those shots aren't falling, we're going to struggle to win. I, I just think it's probably as simple as that. Yeah. I The other one, if, if you're going to nitpick this game, and a lot of blame lands on Remy Martin, but... Mm-hmm. The offensive output of Romello White has just vanished. It has. And it's not like he's taking complicated shots either. No, and and it kind of did during that win streak. Uh, I mean, even when, you know, like there was a lot of of talk during the win streak of, you know, how good Verge was and Martin was making shots and and Rob Edwards. And we had kind of uh, formed into a perimeter team and and just seems like that's what we are. Um, You know, Romello White, he has his moments, but I think you know it's it's almost like this is this is what this team is, and it's and it's maybe what a Bobby Hurley team is, because when it comes down to it, we always seem to be these kind of teams that you know perimeter oriented uh, shooting, and and you know that's who he is, that's who he was as a player, and so maybe that's just what the what the team becomes. I don't know, um, but we do lose focus on the inside game, and and you know uh, because it was working it's kind of easy to lose that focus. You know, you, you, oh, well, the guards are scoring and they're making their shots and, uh, okay, everything's fine. Um, and, yeah, he's he's kind of become less and less a factor as the years go along. Yeah. At least offensively. Yeah, and look, he still is our one big man. There's not sure, much you sure. can do about that. He played 33 minutes. And, no. Right, you know, right. But I mean, it, this is the roster we've got. And, and you know, you it's it's worked at times and it's not worked at times and you know again yeah it's it's uh too late to change anything now for this year you know this is this is what we've got we've got this rotation and and uh we'll see where it takes us over the next two to three weeks i guess yeah yeah i i hope we can beat washington state today i think yeah, yeah. i think a win yeah. today still accomplishes getting in Puts us in, in decent shape, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I the think... The bubble is I very if, soft for the teams on our side of it. It is, it is, yeah. I mean, I think if we can win today, and and especially then if we don't get that first day by and we're playing either the 11 or 12, you know, at, at 5 or 6, um, get that win, you know, just avoid another bad loss, basically. You know, get this win, get that first win in the conference tournaments. I think we should feel pretty good, Um Hopefully not back to Dayton for the third straight year, uh, but I guess I'd rather be there than not in it at all. You know, it's one of those like you know trade offs that you take. Like, well, would you would you rather go to the first four or not in it at all? Well, yeah, I'd rather go to the first four, but I'd rather not have either. I'd rather just be in a regular tournament. Yeah, I'd like to just be a, a, somewhere between an eight seed and a ten seed. I know, and we were trending that way to be, you know, an eight nine or something. And you, you know, you, I mean, you start seeing those projections and thinking, all right, pretty good shape. We, you know, we get in that eight nine game. Maybe we get a, you know, we can get that first win and then have a chance to pull off a big upset. Now, you know that that starts to trend downward, and you're looking at you know six eleven matchups, which puts you perilously 
in that first floor conversation. Yeah. And it is tough to win. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and, you know, now it's, it's, it also becomes, and this is the annual tradition for us, it seems like is you know, rooting for those one bid leagues to, you know, only get their one. Um, Northern Iowa did not help us by tanking yesterday in the Missouri Valley quarterfinals. Now, I don't know if they'll get in, but they got a shot. Had they won the Missouri Valley, it would have been nice. Um, you know, San Diego State today playing the Mountain West final would be really nice if they won because they're getting in regardless, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, be nice if they take that auto bid and just, you know, make it simple. Right now, I feel like we will get in. I I think that we can get yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But, boy, if, if um, you know, about nine, ten hours from now we have, we don't have this win, I'm not sure I'll feel that way because yeah. that would – that would leave us in very iffy position going into the conference tournament. We get this win today, and, and I'll go into next week thinking we're in pretty good shape. Um, we lose today, and that will probably change my perception. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about ASU football, which has opened their spring practice. Uh, I guess that there hasn't been much news, which is good. The yeah. The interesting stories have been the this Kellen Deesh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they 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 seem to think highly of him, and and you know, from what Herm said, you know, I've seen him obviously, but you know, he he looks the part. You know, we'll find out when the games actually start getting played. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of a lot of guys who can look the part and they can't they can't block. Or and, then, and we've had some guys who, you know, aren't physically all that impressive and they end up being some of our best offensive linemen. So, you know, we'll see. But but um, I'm intrigued by him. Um, you know, I'm, uh, obviously the two freshman running backs have both gotten good reviews. And I read the story this week about A.J. Carter and hoping he can you know find his way into the rotation. And, uh, you know, so it's uh, you're right. I mean, it, there hasn't been a lot of news come out of spring ball, which is really what you want. Um, because the news that comes out of spring ball is usually somebody getting injured, somebody, you know, mysteriously not being at practice for no explanation. And there hasn't been those type of things going on. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, the other piece of this is on the quarterback side, they're all very excited. Zach Hill, very excited about Daniels. And we're we're still kind of waiting for that other guy, whoever it's going to yeah, be, because yeah, you know your yeah. your backup quarterback spending half of his time working out with the tight ends. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, did you see uh, Jack Smith is back? Tracy Smith's kid. Yeah. Back in the fold. You know. Now I don't know if he's really any sort of factor, um, but it's it's giving us some bodies at the position. I guess you know between between him and and the you know the walk on kid Borgay from. Uh, or Borgette, I just still don't know how that's yeah. pronounced, uh, from, from Marana, uh, you know, and his, his brother is the South Point starter, obviously. Um, uh, you know, we got we got some options. I still feel like there's a decent chance from what I've read and heard that, you know, we'll, we'll get a post-spring grad transfer, um, you know, a guy who's going to graduate somewhere in the spring and, you know, come here with the understanding that, you know, he's maybe just looking for a change of scenery, um, you know, a chance a to, to get a coaching yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that, you know, because, look, I mean, uh, no one's coming here 
to play. <laughs> you know, I mean, like we, it's been made very clear by the coaches that this is Jaden Daniels program. And it, and it should be. I mean, he played well, and I'm not, you know, I'm by no means saying we need to, you know, open up the competition or something like that. So if anybody's coming here, they're coming here with eyes wide open that you're coming here to be a backup, um, you know, at best. And if you're playing, something's gone wrong, basically. One thing that we did not preview in our pre-game talk, but that I want to raise because we texted about yes. it, is mm-hmm. Andy Staples' story on The Athletic suggesting that the Big 12 mm. should try to raid yeah. the Pac-12. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, I know that you are comfortable with this. I, I am intrigued by the possibility. I mean, look, you know, there's, there's obviously positives and negatives to any move like that. Um, but if, if, you know, if the opportunity was there for what Staples suggested or, you know, taking Stanford and Cal in lieu of Oregon and Washington – uh, something like that. Um, I mean, uh, if I'm ASU, I'm jumping at that. Absolutely jumping at that. Uh, yeah. What he suggested, too, made sense that, you know, you kind of maybe divide up regionally your smaller sports. Because you and I talked about, like, well, boy, you're going to have, you know, volleyball and, you know, these types of sports going to West Virginia. That's a tough ask, you know. So, you know, do do some things like that where you kind of, you know, maybe you don't have those trips, but you have them for basketball and football, the sports that, you know, have the revenue to do that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you can do, a, a, for football, a modified version of what the SEC does and just say, look, ASU yes. and West Virginia are going to play two of every six years. Right, <laughs> and, right. And that's just how it's going to be. And Agreed, you know. agreed. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, I don't know how realistic it is. I had not read, prior to that story, the... Um, the comments from the USCAD, uh, which kind of, you know, is the thing that opened this up. I had not read that he had opened the door to, you know, well, you know, we're in the Pac-12, but, you know, if the options come open, we'll have to look at them. Like, oh, wow, okay, that that's interesting. Um, so I, it feels like it's a crossroads time for the Pac-12. There's been stories out about, you know, are they going to keep Larry Scott and extend him, or is he done? And the media rights deals are coming up for negotiation in the next couple of years. And so this is, you know, this is the time where options are on the table. And, and the key thing for Arizona State, and by extension Arizona, is not to be left without a chair. Yeah. Um, you, you don't know, want like to wind you, up playing in the Mountain West. You don't. You don't want to end up UConn. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, UConn is a great example of when, when all the realignment happened about a decade ago, UConn was one of, was probably the biggest program left without a chair. They ended up in the American, which, you know, really devalued their basketball program um, and their football program never really took off the way people thought it was going to. And, and now they're going back to the Big East, but football is, you know, going to be left independent. And, you know, you just you don't want to end up that. Now, we're helped by the fact we're in a big market. Uh, and Arizona is kind of becoming a more fertile ground for recruiting. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, that, that story even mentioned that, that, you know, well, would the Big 12 would probably jump at the chance to, you know, get into the Arizona market, uh, and, you know, and, and I think they probably would. Well, I mean, the um, quarterback for Oklahoma is from here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, both basketball and football, the profile's been raised in terms of recruiting the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. And so I, I think... Um, you know, I think we'd probably be in good shape. It'd be surprising if we were left without a seat. 
but you just you got to make sure to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, on so, the flip side, you know who's got to be scared of that is Washington State and Oregon State. Right, but, right. You know, and that was the interesting thing about, you know, Staples' idea, because he suggested Oregon and Washington, and like, well, with, you know, those are public schools. Um, is the state going to really allow them to go without their other? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the political climate would be there. Uh, you know, is that going to be something that would would be blocked uh, well, you know, Washington, no, you're not going anywhere without Washington State or Oregon, yeah. same thing, you know. And yet Oregon and Washington are certainly more desirable than Oregon State and Washington State. Um, you know, Washington gives you Seattle and Oregon gives you Nike. And, and you know, Oregon State and Washington State really don't give you a whole lot of cachet anywhere. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know if this goes anywhere. It might not. You know, three years from now, we might look back and say yeah remember when that idea was suggested boy that never went anywhere at all but it feels like there's an opportunity there and you know the the big 12 has settled after it looked like they were you know knocking on the door of death about a decade ago they righted themselves and now it kind of you know like they they've got some potential there yeah you know as long as you have texas and oklahoma yes you will have football (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know, certainly the thought, you know, for me, just me, not thinking big picture or anything, but the thought of, you know, having uh, football conference games with Texas and Oklahoma, yeah, sign me up. You know, I, I was intrigued by it 10 years or so ago when the idea of the Pac-16 came about. I'm just as intrigued by it now. Yeah, I, I think if you, if you assume that the Big 12 is going to take 10 – teams that they have and they all stay plus six Pac-12 yeah. teams. Yeah. I, I would imagine that they would probably be inclined, geographically at least, to make it either Texas and Baylor or Oklahoma, Oklahoma State to join with, with the to six. Join the six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that would make sense, I suppose, yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I do think – the most logical, if you're gonna, if you would, if you would get to six, is the two Arizonas and the two LA schools, because those are your, those are your biggest markets. They're also your closest markets to, you know, Colorado and Utah are. But I don't, I don't know that Colorado and Utah is all that appealing to the Big Twelve. They've already had Colorado. Um, yeah, and, well, and the know, Salt Lake City market is not. No, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah, not. I mean, they're, Utah's you know, had a good football program. They have, and they have. they've had you know, I mean, some not runs a bad in basketball. By but, any means, you know they're a good athletic department. But I, you know, this these realignments are never focused on can we add the best teams. They're focused on dollars and cents. And you know, can, you know, where can we get that? Well, certainly L.A. would be a huge driver. Um, and and I think you know the Phoenix market and thereby you know Arizona in general is probably second behind that. Uh, I mean, you know. Uh, I guess maybe the Bay Area, if you, you know, but Cal Stanford's an interesting one because those are, you know, those are more, I mean, especially Stanford has all their, you know, academic regimen and all that. And, and, you know, does that, does that change the dynamic that Stanford say no, you know, like they don't, they don't do things that a lot of programs do. They don't take grad transfers. Like, you know, everybody's jumped in that they haven't. So like, I don't know, does Stanford get on board or not? Would Stanford be okay with being, left out of the rat race of, you know, major college athletics. They might be. 
They might be. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, well, I'm they, not sure the their thing mentality, is, but. one of the hard parts when you go independent is money because you're no right. longer sharing money. Well, Stanford's athletic department Doesn't is matter. the is the only yeah. fully funded athletic exactly. department in the Pac-12. Exactly. That has, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and so I I could see them saying, "No thanks." You know, we'll we'll make it work. We'll we'll start a you know a West Coast conference or something like that. Yeah, look, you know, we'll or, play. We'll make Gonzaga our basketball rival. We'll still play yeah, Cal in football. Yeah, we we still play yeah. Notre Dame in football. Right, we're fine. Right, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's hard to predict, and it's impossible to predict because there's considerations that we're not even thinking of right now. But you know, it's it's certainly intriguing. Let's say that. I mean, I, I we talked about this a few weeks ago before the story came out. That you know, well, if, the, if the Big Twelve came calling for Arizona and Arizona State alone, I'd be interested. You know, if they wanted to get to twelve, and like, oh, okay, but certainly if they would bring with them, you know, USC and UCLA, and let's say Cal, Stanford, or whatever, to keep some of those traditional rivalries alive, but then maybe start some new ones with your, you know, Texas and TCU's and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and those type of things. Like, yeah, I'd be incredibly intrigued. Now, I don't know if everybody would be, um, but, you know, it, it, it certainly as a fan, and that's all I am, the thought of, you know, Kansas basketball coming here on a regular basis, the thought of Texas football and Oklahoma football coming here on a regular basis, I like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not upset by that proposition at all. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's one of those things where, as we've talked about, it's sort of every team for himself. So if that's yeah. the case, you might as well, might, might as well just do it and, and yeah. jump. Yeah. And if, if, I mean, if, if, if wait, you can, well, go ahead. Well, no, no, go ahead. Finish what you I was going to say to your point, if you're, if you're asked to the dance first, go take, yeah, oh, if, without a doubt. Yes, you know? yes, yes. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and if you can get on the big 12, you know, train and, and maybe they start their own TV network like the others have. And, you know, again, they're associated with ESPN very closely. Longhorn Network, Big 12, you know, yeah. is on ESPN Plus and all that stuff. Like, okay. I, I mean, again, I would love that. Absolutely love it. So we'll see. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen. And, and, you know, you're always, it's always one of those, the grass is greener on the other side questions that you ask yourself. Like, well, would it really be that good? Or maybe it wouldn't. Maybe we maybe we get lost in the shuffle in the Big Twelve and we end up you know like the uh, uh, you know Iowa States and West Virginias where you know it's like yeah we're always decent but we're never any better than decent. Um, that said, you could say that we're kind of reached that point in the Pac-12 too for the most part. I mean, you know, have we ever really established ourselves as a power in the Pac-12? No. Um, so maybe a new place would give us a chance to do that. For all I know. Yeah. Hey, look, football's trying to recruit nationally. Basketball is recruiting nationally, although yeah. boy, what an you know what an egg to lay on the Cliff Omiuri visit. Uh, uh, yeah, true. But, true. You know he's he's from New Jersey, I believe. You know Hurley's an East Coast guy, so basketball is really already sort of expanding. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see what comes of it, but it certainly is a an interesting proposition, if nothing else. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll I, see. We'll, we'll see. It, it, yeah, it's one of those things. I guess we, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's certainly interesting to think about. And it's nice 
you know, we're not Texas and we're not Oklahoma and we're not Duke and we're not North Carolina. We're not going to be, you know, the prom queen and the prom king at this dance. But I think we can make it to the dance and that's, that's the key. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm intrigued by the, uh, the concept and, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see if anything ever comes of it. It may not. Um, like I said, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if, you know, everything just settles in and Pac-12 gets their new media rights deal and everybody just says kumbaya. But, uh, you know, I keep, keep our eyes and ears open to see if there's a better offer coming. The media rights deal, the thing that I'm glad is really gaining traction finally, is this suggestion under the media rights deal that, well, we have to wait because the new deals are up and we'll just get into that dance. It's like, well, we could have signed a two-year deal. Right. You know? Right. And gotten some money because I some agree. money is better than no money. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's it's uh, frustrating to continue hearing, well, just, just wait, just wait, just wait. And, I, you know, again, I don't believe that there's this pot of gold waiting for the Pac-12. I mean, you know, every rights deal has gone up, and so probably it will get better. But at the same time, the SECs is getting better, and the Big Tens is getting better, and so you're yeah. still left behind. Yeah. We didn't get a good deal this time, and we're going to still be the fifth choice. Right, and, right. And it's, it's and out of our control that we play games late, and that alone makes them probably exactly. worth a little less. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and, and so, you know, you talk about the, you know, possible Big 12 merge and stuff. You know, you're going you're gonna to play less games in Pacific time zone if that happens. You're going to be playing road games in Central time uh, and some Eastern time if you go to West Virginia. I think that's the only Big 12 program Eastern time. Uh, but, you know, like that's going to put you more on the radar than the Pac-12 does. Now, I have never really bought this explanation over the last, you know, seven to 10 years that, well, the Pac-12 is suffering because they play late games. They've always played late games. I don't think they're suffering for that. I'm talking about just from a strict dollar value. More people are awake at 3 p.m. Eastern. Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree. You know, um, you know, I, I, it's part of it, but I think sometimes it's a too simplistic explanation that, you know, well, they, you know, they play games at 10 Eastern. Well, you know, USC football played games at 10 Eastern with Leiter and Bush and Lendale White, and everybody knew about them. And, you know, there was no like, oh, nobody's heard of USC. You know, um, if you're good, people will notice. But it's certainly a factor. You know, it's harder to get people to notice when you're playing games at 10, 10 11 o'clock Eastern. Um, you know, I mean, tonight, Oregon, who's, you know, maybe the best team in the Pac-12, maybe, I don't know, is playing at 11 o'clock Eastern. How many people are really going to be watching that? I will. Uh, you know, so so it's, it is tricky, um, you know, um, and, and that's why it's harder for maybe Oregon to get noticed in the same way that a... Uh, I don't want to say Duke because Duke is a power, but you know, other teams ranked around them, um, you know, Auburn or something, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Now Auburn's in the final four last year, but still it's, it's easier to see Auburn than it is to see Oregon in part because of time in part because of PAC 12 network versus, you know, sec network or games on ESPN. Um, you know, and those are, those are similar programs, football first, but good basketball, uh, they've had, I mean, Oregon was in the final four three years ago, so it's not like it's been long. And, and yet I think it's harder for them to gain traction because of the lack of visibility compared. 
Yeah. I think that's definitely true. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, again, there's so much unknown. It's, it's in the early, early, early stages, but, um, it's an intriguing concept if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I suppose it's the, uh, the CBA for the NFL. Yes. Yes. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Harvard educated quarterback is for it. Uh, He's the highest profile player, I believe, who's come out in favor of the new CBA, but it is a silent vote and a secret ballot, so all it takes is a majority of players to say... And a majority of those who vote, from my understanding. Yeah. So if if, if, uh, half the players don't vote, then it's a majority of the half who did vote. You know, they don't need a certain number, it's just, you know, hey, however many vote, they get 50% plus one, they're good. Um... I think it's going to pass. I don't know what you think. I mean, uh, just a guess at this point, but it just feels like there's enough underlying feeling of like, yeah, we should just take this, um, that it's going to happen. Yeah, and well, I mean, the idea that I've heard and that I think is true is I'm not sure what the NFLPA has done to prepare for a strike or lockout. I know. I know, and, and and it's you know it's easy for the pouncies or whatever to say, oh, we got plenty of money for all you guys. I don't believe that. <laughs> I just don't believe that. Um, you know, like there's a lot of a lot of guys whose career window is short, very short, and and the potential of missing a season that could be a third of their career, you know, or a quarter yeah. of their career. Are they going to do that? I, I'm not sure. I would. I I would not. Um, and and so I. I just think it, I think this is the best deal they're going to get. Uh, and I think if they wait, they'll end up getting a worse deal. Now, I don't know. Did you hear the report this morning? I, I couldn't help but laugh when I heard it. That now there's reports that some owners are hoping that the, the players don't accept this because they think they can get a better deal later. Well, the owners think, think that, they can get 18 games. I saw that. Yeah, and it's like that, they'll just that shove 18 is, games down this union's throat. They too. could. But to me, that is, I mean... I laughed immediately because I thought this is spin at its very best. They want to get the narrative out there while the players are voting that, you know, some of the owners don't love this deal. And so the players will think, well, boy, if the owners don't love it, maybe there are things I should like. If the, if the impression is, and that's been the impression that this deal favors the owners, the owners want this deal done, done, done. They want to get it done so they can negotiate new TV deals and move on. If that's the impression, it works against them because players are, are led to think, hmm, what's in here that I'm not noticing because the owners love this so much? Well, there's supposed to be something I shouldn't love. If they can get this narrative out there the next five days while this vote is still going on, I think it's going to help. And I don't believe it for a minute. I believe they want this deal. I think they want this deal to pass so they can get their new TV deals. But I think it's great spin to try to get it out there that, you know, we don't really love this. So you yeah. should love it more than you do. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I don't know. I mean, I, I heard that. And like, I just don't believe that for a minute. That was exactly like when the initial, you know, the, the vote passed the owners, but it wasn't unanimous. Notice they didn't tell us how ununanimous it was. I'm not right. sure I believe it wasn't unanimous. I, I, but, you know, again, if you put out the owners approved this 31 nothing, be like, wow, well, geez, there must be something in there we should be wary of. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is 
smart. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't believe that for a minute. But, you know, I maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, and there probably are a couple that, you know, want to go hard line and think they can get 18 games. And But I, I think in large part they do want this deal to pass because it, it gets them on the right road. And, you know, if we get 17, is it very likely that when the next CBA comes up they push for 18? Yes. And we're probably looking at that 10 years from now because um, it's easier to go from 17 to 18 than 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I guess my view, if I'm a player, is do I think they'll ever give me more than 48.5%? And I don't think they will. And Yeah, and the thing is, there's going to be other people who will play. The XFL guys right. will. There are. There are. And, 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 you know, I know it's different. I mean, it's not the 1980s anymore. But, the, you know, the two strikes in the 80s proved – that people will watch replacement players, and they and they probably will. I mean, they, they they probably will. If you took, let's say you took everybody off NFL rosters and you replaced them with guys who were in the XFL and they were in the AAF and they're, you know, the CFL, people will still watch. I mean, if you put them in a Packer can, jersey, yeah, because they can gamble and they can play fantasy sports. And football is not a player-driven league. It just isn't. I mean, there are big stars. And there always are. There's your Tom Brady's and your Peyton Manning's and your Aaron Rodgers and your J.J. Watts and Richard Sherman's. But when those guys are gone, there's just another batch coming behind them. And mm-hmm. and that's not so much the case with basketball, for example. You know, basketball's a star-driven league. When, when Jordan retired, the league struggled for a while to replace that name at the top. Football never seems to because I don't think the stars make the league. They're just, they're just a part of it. Yeah, it's one of the few remaining sports where you are just rooting for the jersey. In, in a lot person. of ways, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I think so many people, I mean, I, I don't do it, but I know you do. You know, fantasy has become such a big thing. So you root for the player one year, but the next year, you don't care. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's not like, you know, you're, you're a huge um, fan of, you know, David Johnson. You're a fan of David Johnson, because he's on your fantasy team. And then the next year, if he's not, you care less. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so if David Johnson isn't there, but, you know, give me the, you know, Danelle Pumphrey, who's playing for the D.C. Defenders, is taking his place, you know, you'll root for him because he's on your fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely true. So, I, yeah, I just, I think, I mean, the thing about this, I guess, that I, you know, I keep hearing, uh, you know, we don't like this part. Well, you're not going to like every part. The, the league is not coming to the players and saying, okay, give us everything, you know, tell us everything you want. All right, here it is. Here's the deal. You're, you're going to have some things you don't like. And the 17 games is probably it. And here's the deal. And I know that, I mean, this sounds stupid, but if you're Richard Sherman or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever, and you don't like 17 games and that's a deal breaker for you, stop playing. You have that option. No one's forcing you to play. Yeah. I doubt any of them will, but it's on the table. If you're the pouncies and this deal's so horrible, bye bye. You know, stop playing. Somebody else will take your job. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, basketball gets made fun of for load management, but maybe you'll see it in football. Maybe you'll just see. You might. You know. You might. The guys are going to not try to play 17 games. You might. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Maybe you know, instead uh, of week 16, you do it. You say, all right, well, we're on the Thursday night game. We're sitting, guys. Right. We're not going right. to do that. We're going to give guys two weeks off. <laughs> they certainly might, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, 
okay. I mean, you know, there's there's always unintended consequences of anything. Um, and and that may be the case with this. So you're going to, you know, have some guys who are like, well, okay, you know, I'm only playing 15. I'm going to give myself two extra weeks uh, off and, and, you know, make sure I'm healthy for the postseason, um, which there's also going to be expanded postseason, so it's easier to get in. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, I guess. Archie, guys will still play most games. It's not going to turn into college <laughs> where guys stop playing after yeah, four yeah. weeks and say they're going to yeah. go pro. I know. I hate the idea, and I think he does too, that you know, I capped them at 16 games. That's that's crazy, and I, and I no. hope that never goes anywhere. No, absolutely not. You know, well, one, you'd have I, to expand I, the rosters. <laughs> you would have to expand, and, and you'd all, you know, like you're basically telling your ticket buyers, you're just giving them a giant middle finger. Which mm-hmm. they do anyway in so many ways, but you know, like, uh, well, okay, you know, you want to see the Browns? Well, guess what? That's the one game that the Browns have decided they're not going to play Baker Mayfield, so you get to see Garrett Gilbert. Like, oh, great, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, glad I spent the money on this ticket. Well, and you just, you know, what if a team decides, hey, look, they're not our fans, so we're playing the Jaguars. We're sitting, everybody. We're just going to forfeit yeah. the game entirely. And, and the, yeah, yeah. And you can't, you can't tell a team they have to sit guys out at home. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that deal, that aspect of it, which I haven't heard lately, never made any sense to me. You know, well, we'll, we'll expand to seventeen games, but we'll cap every player at sixteen. Like, come on, you know, that again is is a, a terrible way to alienate people who go to games. And I'm a perfect example. I go to games to see players. And if you tell me that, you know, okay, the, you know, the Steelers come to Arizona once every eight years and on that once every eight year visit, they may not play their starting quarterback because that's the game they're going to sit him out. Like, well, boy, that really screws me. Yeah. You'll see whoever the next starting quarterback is for the yeah, team. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, who? I don't think that's going to happen and I don't think it can but that's one of those deals that I think, you know, I've read some, you know, media, you know, like, well, they should just put a cap in. Like, yeah, that's easy for you to say when you don't have to pay for a ticket to get into the game. And when you get to go to any game you want. Yeah, yeah, you know, put a cap in. Think about the fan, though. You know, that, that's that's still the people that drive this sport is the people that turn it on TV and that go to the games in person. Yeah. Oh. Well, this was a very uninspiring 250th episode <laughs> but uh, I, i'm inspired but we are headed towards a 252 spectacular we are we are so, racket season is right around the corner eight days from now yeah. selection sunday so we'll do i think we'll do one sometime next week if we're playing on the first day of the pac-12 tournament we may have already been eliminated by the time we record <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But hopefully not. Hopefully the next time we talk, maybe Thursday night, we're either still playing or, or set for a Friday game. That would be nice. Yeah. So uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.